my friends, Pastor Wayne. Pastor Wayne was the first pastor I ever served under. He gave me my start. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Uh, no, but uh, I'm so grateful to be able to now have the opportunity to host you in our little church here. Uh, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. All of you guys, please give Pastor Wayne the gift of your attention this morning. Lean in and receive from him. Amen. Take it away, brother. I was telling you that my, uh, uh, I thought this was Phil a pew Sunday up here, so I, I thought I would do my part. So I brought my whole pew today, my wife June right here on the end. And this is my little mom, 86 years old, uh, 86 years young. She's right there, gorgeous. <clears throat> my granddaughter Madison, who just made the cheer team at her school. And my son-in-law, Ben, my daughter, Esther, and our campus pastor back in Russellville, David Howell. Uh, so uh, I think, did I win? Did I get the most on my pew? So there's something I should win You're, you'll give me later. Uh, well, it's so good to be with you. I always enjoy coming to Grace Church. And, and uh, I, I just realized that I come every Pentecost and that it was designed for me to come on, on the day of Pentecost. I was thinking about that. Pentecost Sunday celebrates the day that heaven's grace was poured on God's people, empowering them with the grit to be his witnesses. I was thinking about that today, and the title of my message is Grit and Grace. Uh, it reminds me of a story. I, we were just in Alabama last week, huh? Last weekend. And I called up a hotel uh and the receptionist answered, hello, Best Western. And I said, True Grit by John Wayne. Duh. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. John Wayne was the only, had his only Oscar in 1969 for the movie True Grit, based on a book by a native Arkansan named Charles Portis. 1970s period piece was filmed in Colorado and near my home in Russellville right across the river in Darnell. Uh, it's interesting. I just shared uh, about that story down in Mississippi and I, I knew I had, I had them immediately because the pastor's mom had, he grew up listening to his mom say that the only man she would ever leave her husband for would be John Wayne. And she made her kids watch every John Wayne movie. So I was in with the whole John Wayne thing. So I thought, well, I'm going to keep milking that. That's good. Uh, but this story, True Grit, the story of a young girl seeking justice for her dad's murder. 14-year-old Maddie Ross was a Christian who said she depended on God's grace. Isn't that a great picture? John Wayne just kind of make you want to go, Yeah! That's what he makes me want to do. And look at and look at her eyes, little Maddie's eyes, looking at him. She wasn't scared of him. She was not scared of him. She she had the grit that she was looking at with him. Fourteen year old Maddie Ross. But life also taught her that sometimes she would need grit as well as grace. Now in this book and in this movie, she rode her horse as a fourteen year old girl. She rode her horse seventy miles to Fort Smith. 
to hire a one-eyed marshal named Rooster Cogburn to track down the man who killed her dad. And when she met Rooster, what she said was, they tell me you're a man with true grit, which got the title of the book. Grit means courage. It means resolve. It means strength of character. It means passion. And it means perseverance. In Maddie's era... Fear seemed to be increasing while grit was decreasing. They were recovering from the Civil War. Reconstruction and segregation was tearing the country apart, was dividing the country. Poverty was everywhere. Unemployment, lawlessness, and disease was everywhere. But Maddie had grit. Maddie stayed dependent on God's grace, and she found a healthy dose of grit to push through her fear. I think it's a similar environment of fear today everywhere I look. Maybe we need to, remember the little bracelet we used to have, WWJD? Maybe we need, no, don't get rid of that one, but add a new one. Maybe WWMD, what would Maddie do? When I face something these days, I think about what would Maddie do? You ought to go back and watch the movie. I mean, she was relentless. They tried to keep her from crossing over this bridge, and so she just grabbed her horse. They dove into the river, and she swam across the river holding onto her horse's tail. I mean, she was 14 years old. You're not going to stop that girl. And that's what our Kansans need is some grit. Uh, Fear is not something that God gives. I've told you that before, and I know you've read that before. It's an attitude that we take on ourselves. Paul told his young son in the faith, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, the Bible links fear with the sin of unbelief. We call unbelief other things, like being reasonable or walking in balance. Or don't get ahead of yourself. Don't expect too much. I'm a realist. We call fear all kinds of other things. It sounds better, but sometimes it's just a sin of unbelief. Power, love, and sound thinking are antidotes for fear and unbelief. But now here's the problem. We know we are to love. Check. We, do, we like that part. We value sound thinking. Check. But we often struggle to embrace the power that comes by God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, To help us press through life's challenges. Paul says we've been given a spirit of power. From the Greek word dunamis. It means might, strength, force, ability to perform. It means energy. In In other words, or in one word, it's the word grit. And I believe power does not come from positive confession only, but by God's grace and grit's resolve. That's okay for you to say, Wayne, everything's going good for you. I see you on Facebook. Well, we all look good on Facebook. We all look good on Instagram. When we do our little Twitter stuff, I mean, we make ourselves look really, really good. That's not always the case. My wife can tell you that there are times that I've got got strong grit, and there's some times that all I've got is the gravy. Sometimes I need to go looking for grit, and sometimes when I need grit most is when I'm weak. A friend of mine wrote a book, and and I loved a line in it, Power is created in the belly of weakness. Power is created in the belly of weakness. When we're weak, then Jesus is strong in us. Amen.
So we all qualify. If you've ever been weak in your life, if you're here this morning and you're feeling weak, how am I going to face this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to get through this? You are perfectly suited for the strength of God to flow into you and overlay your weakness with his power. Amen. Now just imagine that first Pentecost. Their Lord, their Savior, their hope had died and resurrected, which was cool, but then he left. And all he told them is, go wait on me. Go wait. Wait on what? I don't know. What are we waiting for? I'm not sure. He just said to go wait. So they obeyed. Now, they weren't passive. They worshipped. They prayed. They were scared to death that next knock on the door might be the same soldiers that crucified Jesus coming after them. And then suddenly, in their weakness, in their fear, in that vulnerable moment, suddenly the whole place shook. A mighty wind came and blew over them. And these people that were even, one that even denied Jesus was the one that stood up and gave the first spirit-filled message that the church ever gave. And 3,000 men came to the Lord that day. Now, it said men. It could have been a lot more than that because they didn't count women back then and kids. Let me tell you, it's time to count women. Amen. It's time to quit discounting women and to be full force in the church. And all of us get a little grit behind us. I'm getting carried away. The Apostle Paul knew about grit and grace. Turn to 2 Corinthians 12. We're going to read verse 7 through 10. Now, Paul had great vision. He was, he was eloquent. He, was, he studied under the smartest men of his time, the smartest philosophers, teachers, rabbis. He knew what he was talking about. But this great revelation could have been leading him toward pride, and so uh, he had something wrong with him, what he called a thorn in the flesh. And let's read about that encounter with God dealing with his thorn in the flesh, verse 7. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations I have, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Oh, God, give me your grace. Take this away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. It doesn't look good on Facebook, but I will delight in it. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. That's that's some powerful, powerful verses right there, if you really think about it. Now, Paul sought the Lord to heal his thorn in the flesh. The Lord answered him in verse 9, My grace on my unmerited divine favor, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now the Greek word for weakness means frailty, to be delicate morally even, emotionally or physically. Now scholars have tried to figure out what that thorn in the flesh was, and they've got so many theories, but the top three are these. Messenger Satan. Maybe it was rejection by his own people, the Jews. It could have been a physical ailment, possibly from malaria that affects your eyes. 
Those are the top three things. But whatever the thorn was, Paul wasn't having it. Paul wasn't going to let it define him. He wasn't going to have a fearful attitude about whatever that thorn was. Whatever the thorn is in your flesh right now, you don't have to carry it around like your best friend. You don't have to let it define you. I get a little weary of people saying, my cancer. I get a little weary when people say, uh, my sickness, my this, my that. You, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to be so attached to those thorns in the flesh. Be like Paul. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. And if he says, my grace is sufficient, still seek the Lord. Let his strength come into your weakness. Amen, Wayne. That was awesome. Paul ties grit to grace perfectly in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, the last part of that verse. He said, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. I worked harder. I had the grit, the stamina, the stick-to-itiveness, but it was the grace of God that was with me. Grace is not passive. Grace is active. Grit is a good companion of grace. That's why I call the message grit and grace. Having grit is about a fearless attitude. And I come to tell you, Grace Church in Alma, Arkansas, get a fearless attitude. Let grit come alongside your grace. Let some resolve rise up in you. Say, I ain't having it. Whatever thorn comes, I ain't having it. I'm not going to call it like it's my best friend, my security blanket. People seem to be in survival mode right now. Coming out of the pandemic, lots of businesses have been lost. Churches all over the land are just trying to figure out what happened to their people. Folks are staying home. They're not coming back to church at all, whatever it is. But you know what? When Jesus is in the house, people are going to find the house. Whether it's Starbucks or at Walmart or whether it's in here on Sunday morning, when Jesus is in the house, he's the one that attracts people to him. We've had the same thing back in Russellville. I mean, we, we, we got down to probably 30%, David, for, for a while, then it's 40, then 50. And, you, and for a while, it was just us speaking into a microphone into a blank room, trying to act like we were seeing people. It was ridiculous. It was hard on everybody. People at home scared. And when we started opening, the ch- when, when Asa Hutchinson kind of opened up the door, people started trying to come. It, it, it's like they were singing that old rock song, Should I stay or should I go? I mean, that's what everybody was singing. Should I stay home or should I go? And that's what everybody was singing. But you know what? The Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, don't be afraid. Be wise. Be smart. Stay under authority. But don't be afraid. It's still your job to go when I say go. To say what I say to say and to do what I tell you to do. That's your job. That's where grit comes in. Facing life, when that happens, many tend to look for ways to escape from weakness by fleeing in fear. Facing life without fear is counterintuitive from our natural survival instinct to flee. But being resilient in the face of adversity and fear is what Arkansas people call, guess what, grit. And God's grace helps us find the grit to persevere. Arkansas people understand the term grit. And I especially like to say this when I'm in Texas. Arkansas people, 
they get grit. Arkansas people understand the term grit as Charles Portis used it in his book. Arkansas Tech University, of which Zach and Kristen were a part of, like June and I were, has adopted the word grit to describe themselves. It comes from an English word, G-R-E-O-T. I, I think it's griot, meaning dust, earth, or gravel. In Arkansas, we recognize someone who is feisty or outspoken as gravelly or having grit. And the ATU mascot is, is a bulldog. Symbol of grit. Reminds me of Winston Churchill when I see a bulldog. That little woman over there, little white-haired woman over there, 86 years old, she had grit, still has grit. She came up in a church and says, no makeup, you don't wear pants, you don't cut your hair, you don't smoke, drink, or chew, or run around with those that do. But she had some grit. She decided, well... My hair doesn't look good like this. I'm going to cut it. Well, I'm more comfortable sometimes wearing jeans. I'm going to wear jeans. Now, that didn't sound like much to you today, but in my mom's time, she was full grit. She was gravelly. And she got called on the carpet a time or two. But you know what? When the chips were down, guess who they wanted to pray? It was my mom. She's not only gritty here. She's gritty in heaven. Heaven knows my mom. And she prayed for us in the car before we came in today. Every trip before I leave, I call up mom. She prays for me. And, and uh, she helps me find some iron in my backbone when I need it. Well, Wayne, this is what you're called to do. Get out there and do it. Quit whining about it. Okay, mom. Okay. <laughs> yes, mom. Having grit is to have courage. It's to have resolve. It's to have a strength of character. Pluck. Metal. In street language, it means to face up, to suck it up, put on your big boy pants and go to work. That's what Arkansas people are about. My, my daughter, Esther, works for Walmart, and they've had, to, they've had to come up with all kinds of innovations. How to get, They've lost people. They've hired people back. They've tried to figure out what this new world looks like. But you know what? They're figuring it out. Walmart's the big, still the biggest retailer in the world. They, got, they hire some gritty people like my daughter. They don't say, oh, this is horrible. Life's falling apart. We're not going to make it. She says, well, how can we figure this out? We're, or we're going to figure this out. We're going to do this. I love that about her. Winston Churchill said, courage is the first of human qualities because it's the quality that guarantees all the others. Believers in Jesus do not run away from fear. We're soldiers of the cross. We run toward the battle, not away from it. That's what we're given spiritual armor and weapons. I remember years ago when I was looking at Ephesians 6 about spiritual armor, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, on and on, shoes, all that stuff, sword, shield. And what I realized... There's no armor for my backside. And I thought, whoa. As I pursued that in thought, I realized we're protected if we're going forward. But if we turn around to retreat, we're going to get shot in the butt every time. Those fiery darts are going to come. Even if we even turn sideways. I want to go, but I'm not sure. Our armor is about a church that is part of an 
ever-advancing kingdom, an ever-increasing kingdom, a forward-thinking, a forward-walking kingdom. We don't have armor for our backside. So we aren't people that retreat. We are people that move forward. We are people that move forward. Remember once my mom told me when I felt kind of alone, she said, well, you and Jesus are a majority. Maybe somebody in here today needs to hear that. You may feel alone. You may feel you're fighting this fight by yourself. You and Jesus are a majority. It only takes two or three for him to be in the midst of to change everything. Awesome, Wayne. Awesome. Grit is sometimes doing what you don't want to do to be what you want to be. Nobody told me some of the things I'd have to do when I became a pastor. I didn't know I was going to have these endless discussions about striping the parking lot. No one told me I was going to be the only one that saw that trash in the parking lot when I walked in. I had to pick it up. No one told me that if I parked in the wrong place, Aunt Susie is going to get upset with me. No one told me that stuff. I had to figure out that stuff as I, as I went along. Really, sometimes doing what you don't want to do to be what you want to be. What do I want to be? I want to be a man that was born here, dies there, and fulfill the purposes of God in between. That's what I want to be. I bet that's what you want to be. I bet that's what you want to be. Well, God has a victory strategy of grit and grace. But he doesn't fight like the devil fights, appealing to the proud and the arrogant. God uses broken and weak people for divine purposes. That's why I get to play in this game. The way of God has always been to give grace to broken vessels for heaven's purposes. Even in our weakness, he gives power that releases grit in us to fight our battles. I had a revelation I wrote down in a line and it ended up being a song. One day I was just disgusted with myself because I was so inconsistent. And I just had this thought, I'm inconsistent, but he is true. Then I went, I'm inconsistent, but you are true. I don't trust myself, but I depend on you. And that started to develop in me. And I realized that God doesn't change he keeps giving us a spirit of power to overcome fear. So we face our battles with a gritty attitude that tenaciously stands on the promises and covenants God has made with us. That line kept staying with me. And so I'm on vacation at the cabin that we all go to every year, which we're just about to go to again as a family. And I'm out in the river and I start thinking about I'm floating on the river. And I start thinking about that and, and the song just starts to come. You're the Lord, you never change. In my weakness, you are strong. When I fall short, you carry me along. In my darkness, you shine your light. When I feel blinded, you restore my sight. You are the Lord, you never change. You still the storm when I call your name. You're all I want. You're always there. No matter what, no matter when, no matter where, you're the Lord, you never change. God uses our weakness, our worship, and our attitudes in his battle strategies. I love that song that we've been singing for a couple of years now. This is how we fight our battles. When we go wrong is when we try to fight our battles like the world fights their battles. We don't fight battles that way. We worship, we pray, we serve, we stay kind even when people are mean. We're not, if we are a 
If we are a, a doormat, it's because we choose to be a doormat. We choose to serve. We find the grit to keep doing the things that God wants us to do in this life. Amen. We can be fearless overcomers if we walk in the spirit of power we've been given. Especially when we feel weak, we can know God's strength is made perfect in us. Well, I came up with an acronym to share with you today. Shows you what a good speaker I am. I can use acronyms and things like that. I can even use, I can do all kinds of stuff. God gives his people grit and grace to face down fears. So here's four things that I do in my own personal life with the acronym GRIT. Number one, I cop a gritty attitude. I determine to stay strong and resilient even in the face of pain, grief, or cancel culture rejection. We can rely on God's help. I ain't having that. I ain't doing that. I'm doing this. That's not who I am. This is who I am. I'm not going to roll over and play dead. I'm going to speak up when I need to speak up. I'm going to lay my rights down when I need to lay my rights down. The other night at our school board meeting in Russellville, our worship leader, uh, Rob, uh, some guy named Rob, he just went from here to there in the whole the whole town's estimation. There was some really sucky stuff going on with the board, to be honest. And Rob just called them out. And I mean, it, it was one of those pristine moments when he spoke with such grace, but there was such grit. And it, it actually has touched the whole community of Russellville on some level. I won't go into it, but just, just Google Russell School Board and Rob McCormick and watch his speech. I felt I felt humbled to just be sitting there listening to what he was saying. That's the kind of time that we're coming into. We're coming into the time of our greatest influence because I see us in our greatest weakness. So we're coming into our greatest influence where we won't take credit for anything. We'll stand up here. We'll go there. We'll do this. We'll do that because God's sending us in his power and not in our presumption. So, gee, I cop a gritty attitude. Sometimes... A passive, grit-happens attitude is what we take. But let me tell you what the R means. Yeah, that sounds good. Sometimes grit happens. That could be a poster, couldn't it? Sorry. R is for having an inner resolve. That means to stay confident, committed, and optimistic. My granddaughter, Madison, I couldn't believe what she's been able to do becoming a cheerleader. She's been on a competitive cheer team. The, the stuff she's had to do, the times I'm sure she cried and didn't want to do it. I don't know if I can ever get that certain flip that they want me to get. And then for Esther to send me the picture, Madison did it tonight. Watch this. You got to ring the bell whenever you do the certain thing. And so she goes up and she does it. And I'm just going, Madison had the grit to face the pain to face the, the fear, I don't know if I can do this. And then when she got to be a cheerleader, it was like, yeah. <laughs> she had some grit. God gave her some grace. He gave her some talent, but she had some grit to go for it. It's an inner resolve. It means to stay confident, committed, optimistic. It is easy to, to dismiss resilient individuals as stubborn. But listen to me. Sometimes being stubborn is the grit it takes to be an overcomer. The I in the acronym for GRID is embrace an irrepressible spirit. We might have said a few years ago, it's a get-or-done attitude. 
People with grit always strive to achieve their goal, no matter what the challenges or obstacles get in their way. We've got an elder in our church named Travis Arterberry. And he was a great football player when he was in high school. In fact, he won, they called him Mr. Football. That was, and you go back to his, you know, we didn't believe him. We thought he was just talking trash. He was from Texas, you know. But we went back and looked at his high school annuals, and there he was, Mr. Football. And he was a fullback back when we still had fullbacks in football. And what he liked to do, he liked to tell people what he's about to do. They'd be talking trash across the, across the line. He'd say, I'm coming right there. I'm coming over you, and you're not going to stop it. Then you know what he would do? He would go right there. He'd go right over that guy. He'd get a touchdown. It was incredible. He, ha- he had this, this irrepressible spirit, this get-or-done attitude. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want to be that, that guy, that girl that says, here's something I want. It's going to be difficult, but you know what? I'm going to do what it takes to get there. I'm going to do it. God told me to do it. There's a grace on me for it. I'm going to find the grit and the resolve to get her done. And then the T in grit is be tenacious. That means we do not give up. We hold our ground. It helps me to sing gritty songs like Jesus cultures. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Let's sing it. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Come on. Your love never fails, never gives up. Never runs out on me. Sing it. And your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Once more. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Isn't that a better song to sing than to go down in the basement and sing blues? I mean, every Monday as a pastor, I talk myself out of suicide. You preach and you, and you give all that out and then, the, not literally, but on Monday, you're depressed. You get really up on Sunday. You remember, Devin? You get really up on Sunday. You give it all, and then you start criticizing yourself. No matter how many encouragements you get, you start criticizing yourself. What I've learned to do, when I get in that vulnerable place, your love never fails, never gives up, never gets out, runs out on me. I find, for me, I find these songs that I sing. I find these thoughts that I think. I'm trying to make myself think the way Jesus wants me to think rather than to think the way the world wants me to think. Be gritty enough to sing those songs like you mean it. One of my favorite John Wayne quotes is this, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Jesus expects us to occupy till he comes, till he returns. Retreat is not an option. Remember, no armor for back here. It will take grit and grace to accomplish that. God is all we need to hold the line if we ask. Believing for grit and grace to accomplish what he wants us to do. God has all we need to hold the line if we ask. Believing for it. We were created in his image. Copying a grit attitude is part of our DNA. Jesus had his moments. Father, if it's possible, could you take this cup from me? He sweated drops of blood. He was so stressed out at one point. But remember when grit popped up in him? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's who we are. That's what we do. 
This is not a time to throw up our hands in fear. It's time to lift up our hands in prayer and worship, giving thanks for His grace. And we do it with a gritty attitude of passion and perseverance. Devil, I'm coming right there. I'm coming over you. And I'm blowing past you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I may get knocked down. I may get tackled. But you know what? I'm getting right back up. And so can you. And so can you. I want to close with a Bible verse that the movie True Grit started with. The first thing you see on the screen of True Grit is Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. We're a part of the wicked when we flee even though no one's pursuing. We need to be bold as a lion. I love what Moses, God said through Moses to Joshua, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be courage. Let me say it again. Be courageous. Be bold. Be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. All right. I want you to learn this little mantra with me. People with grit never quit. Let's say it. People with grit never quit. People with grit never quit. Now I want you to get your finger and you don't, you told, my mom told me not to point in people's faces, but I'm going to rebel a little bit because I've got some grit myself, mom. I want you to take your finger and I want you to put it in someone's face beside you and say, people with grit never quit. Now say it again. Look in the eyeball. Don't look away. Don't look down. Look in their eyeball and say, people with grit never quit. Now find somebody behind you two rows back people with grit never quit people with grit never quit now say are you listening to me are you listening to me let me say it again people with grit never quit people with grit never quit I'm not trying to be flippant I know that some of your situations are they're real and they're hard. It might be a sickness. A sickness. It might be a financial situation. It might be a discouragement, a disappointment. It could be anything. But all I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to pray for anyone that's had a little struggle in the perseverance part of going from grace to grit. You know God's given you a grace. You know maybe what you should do. But you're struggling to find the grit. It's just hard to get up and hit it again. Is this business going to work? Is it not going to work? My grandson comes to fresh, being a freshman at ATU, Madison's brother. He's all excited. COVID happens. No prom in high school. No athletic banquet. I'll go to tech and then it'll be cool. They shut down tech. You got to wear a mask. You gotta, everything's online. And I had this talk with, with Blake and I said, I said Blake, it's going to get better. But you'll have to get better. You'll have to step up to this and step up to the line and do what you need to do. You'll have to have some grit here. But I know that's hard. There are times that my wife can tell you, my mom can tell you. There's, there's some times that I've wanted to quit. More than once, I wanted to quit being a pastor. More than once. You know, I love Jesus. It's just his people I struggled with, to be honest. <laughs> More than once, I wanted to quit. I even made a plan or two to quit now and then. 
But you know, it's not what God had for me. It's not wrong to quit something God wants you to quit, but if he doesn't want you to quit, people with grit never quit. But sometimes you could use a little extra prayer. So if you're here this morning and you've been struggling to persevere, if there have been a certain challenge that you've had and, and, and it just seems insurmountable, you don't have the energy for it, then before my team comes and we begin to prophesy on people, I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you'd like for me to just pray that God would give you some grit and grace to face your challenge, would you just stand up wherever you are and and everybody stands at once too, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to speak some grit into you. I'm going to speak some perseverance into you, not me. Hopefully it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking through me into you. Your job is to receive it. Your job will start when you walk out the door today and go to work tomorrow or whatever you do. Maybe you'll be saying, people with grit never quit. All right, put your hand on your heart if I'm praying for you. And I want you to receive this. It's coming from my heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the honesty in this room. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the vulnerability to recognize that there's a certain weakness that they're struggling with. But they know in their knower that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So, Father, I come and I want to speak grit into everyone that stood up today. By heaven's power, Lord, I ask you to come and give them a fresh resolve, a renewal of commitment to do what you've called them to do, a resolve to say, I'm not going to quit going forward. I'm coming right there. I'm coming over the enemy, and he's not going to stop me. I may be here again next Sunday needing this same prayer, but this week, Monday morning, I'm going out to do what God wants me to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability with all of my strength and all of my passion. But Lord, I need you to come and help me to persevere. I need you to help me get up in the morning and decide I'm going to do this for God. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to run. Soldiers of the cross do not run. We're given armor to go forward. We haven't been given armor to retreat. So, Father, now I just pray for hope. I pray for hope to rise up in every heart. Lord, I pray for hope to rise up and to give perseverance, to give strength, to give pluck, to give metal. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got a word for the church, and and as I'm giving this word, I'd like for my team to come and... I think you have a microphone ready. Esther and, and uh, David are going to join me. We're going to just give words as the Lord gives to us. Did that message kind of move you a little bit? Did it kind of make you feel like maybe I can do this? I'm not going to give up. Now, I could be talking to virtually any church I go to lately, not just this church. All over the nation, I've traveled in a lot. Folks are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. Jesus is bigger than our struggles. This is what I got for Grace Church. I heard a scripture for you, and I'll give this to Pastor Zach when, I, when we leave. I heard a scripture for you from Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
This verse speaks of finding courage for the journey. It's about moving forward even in the face of adversity with grit wholly dependent on the Holy Spirit. You've had a time to honor what's gone before and you've done that well. I sense a time to embrace forward movement now. As the culture opens back up from the pandemic, as they look for something to hold on to, let them find you where they are. Put out a new welcome mat as people may give the church another look and come where they feel welcome. But at the same time, put on your gospel shoes and walk among the people of this city. Many will better identify with what you are doing among them rather than what they can't see inside the church walls. Most people live their lives out beyond the church walls. Go walk among them. Serve in practical ways. Do acts of kindness. Make Alma better because you are here. Point them to Jesus and he will point them toward you. On this day of Pentecost 2021, make it your aim to go and do what you see Jesus doing and say what you hear Jesus saying boldly, courageously in the power of the Holy Spirit. It will take grit and grace. But God has all the grace you need. I see gifts of faith being offered to those who will receive them. It's time to receive grace faith and grits resolved across your Jordan River into the land of promise that's there waiting for you. Your destiny is in here, but it's also right through those doors right out there. Your destiny is, is, is calling for you. It's time to find the grit and grace to go do it. Amen. Thank you so much for having us today. It's been an awesome privilege to be with you. God bless.